Hello, Resurrection Presbyterian Church. If you are listening online, we are so glad that you're joining in. Uh, I'm Jared Bryant, the pastor of Resurrection, and this is the second Sunday of our small worship gatherings across the Athens area. And I hope it's been good to see some old friends as well as to meet some new ones. And last week, we started this new series together called Salt and Light. And it's based on this question, what kind of people are we to be in the world? And in light of all that's happening in our world right now, uh, that's an important question for us. What kind of people are we to be for our world, for our neighbors, for our community, for our families, friends, and coworkers? And if you missed last week, we saw Jesus gathering together a new community that will become the church. And at the center of this new community is Jesus himself, the Son of God, sent by the Father who has come to give his life in every way for us. And what we begin to see him doing in this new community is realigning our hearts around his heart and redirecting our lives around his mission. And last week, we saw that this new community is to be salt and light. That is, our life as individuals and as a family together is to be for the good of the world. And beginning this week, we're going to be considering the kind of people that make a difference in the world. And it's not the kind of people that we would expect. It's not the strong, the powerful, the resourceful But Jesus tells us that it's actually the humble. It's those who mourn, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. It's the merciful, the pure in heart. It's the peacemakers. It's even those who face rejection and difficulty because of their own alignment with Jesus. These are the kinds of people who bring hope and healing to our world, and these are the kinds of people that our world desperately needs right now. And when we slow down to listen to Jesus, we hear him share what's been called the Beatitudes. And the word Beatitudes derive from Latin, and it means blessed. Uh, blessed is a word that really is thrown around a lot. And in a world of hashtags and religious speak, it's lost a lot of its force. But It was a big word in the scriptures, and to be blessed means to be in a desirable place. It, It means that other people look at who you are, they look at what you have, and they want to be in your shoes. Now, one of the discussion questions for your group this morning is this, when you look at other people and our culture, who do you consider blessed? Whose who's life do you look at and say, they've got it? Uh, one small example from my life, a few weeks ago, my family was visiting my parents, and there was this small harbor near where they live. And my family, we went to walk around, get some ice cream together, and there are many boats we saw, but there was one in particular that caught our attention. It was, it was kind of a super yacht. It was about 150 feet long, a bright, shiny brand new jet skis on the back, a patio. You could see the big screen TV 
and all sorts of, of other luxuries. And it probably came with about a 10 to $15 million price tag. And one night as we were walking, all, they, were, they were out on their patio on this yacht, eating, drinking, smiling. And, and there was a part of me that looked at them and said, that's the good life. Uh, no cares, uh, no worries, life on the ocean, jump from harbor to harbor. You get space from the troubles of the world and you have all the money you need to keep you going. So in other words, I looked at them and said, blessed are people like that. Uh, when you think about your life, what about you? Who do you look at and say they've got it? That's, that's the good life. Uh, if our culture made its own collection of beatitudes or, or teachings on the blessed life, it might go something like this. Uh, blessed are the strong. Blessed are the rich. Blessed are the popular. Blessed are the privileged. Blessed are the intelligent. Blessed are the healthy. Blessed are the beautiful. Blessed are the winners. Blessed are those who have it easy and who have everything that they want. And those are who our culture lifts up and says, this is who we celebrate. This is who we want to be like. But Jesus, when he forms this new community, this strange gathering of people who are going to be salt and light for the world, he turns the values of this world up on their head. And we see it in all the Beatitudes, but especially in the first that we're going to be looking at. This is from the gospel according to Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There are just three questions I want us to briefly consider. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? Why is this good news? And then finally, what does it mean for us? So first, what does it mean to be poor in spirit? So over the years, Alcoholics Anonymous has, has been this safe haven for those who feel trapped just in their need and dependence upon alcohol. And they came up with a 12-step program. And here are the first steps, uh, these first steps in which everything else is really built upon. First, we admit that we are powerless over alcohol, that our lives have become unmanageable. And second, we come to believe that a power greater than ourselves is what can only restore us to sanity. So in other words, the first step towards healing is admitting that you need help, that you can't do it alone. To be poor in spirit is simply to be in great need. To be poor in spirit is not having the resources necessary to get out. Uh, to be poor in spirit means that you have a problem, a, a deep problem that is beyond your ability to fix, and you need help from outside of yourself. Uh, to be poor in spirit means that your life is a struggle, that your reality includes loneliness, confusion, sadness, shame, guilt, fear, anxiety, and grief. Now, these are the places in life that we all try to avoid. 
These are the places that we try to stay away from, or if we're in them, to get out of them as quickly as we can. Poor in spirit is not what we naturally want to be. But Jesus, in guiding us in the blessed life, the very first thing he says is, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are you if this is your condition, this condition of need and desperation. And there's purpose to why he is saying this first, that this is the first step, seeing your need, seeing your lack of resources is this first step in the blessed life and the first step in becoming the people whose lives bring hope and healing to the world. Because everything else he is going to say is built on this foundation that we are a needy people and he is the resourceful God. If you want a simple picture of this, it's coming to God with open and empty hands. And that brings us to our second question, that is, why is this good news? This is good news because God wants to give us something much better than we could get on our own. Here's the full statement. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, we don't normally encourage each other like this by saying the kingdom of heaven is yours. But Jesus did it, and he did it a lot. He's talking about the kingdom all the time in the Gospels. It was actually the heart of his message. Some of the very first words that we have from Jesus are these. He says, the time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. For Jesus, the kingdom of God was the good news. The good news of the kingdom is really that the long-awaited king has come to bring healing to what is so deeply broken. The long-awaited king has come to restore our broken relationship with God. He has come to restore our broken relationships with one another. He's come to restore our broken creation, and he has come to restore our broken hearts. That's why we're called resurrection, because that's what God is doing, bringing new life. But there's a cost that comes with this, as the prophet Isaiah reminds us long ago, that it's it's only by his wounds that we are healed. It is only by the wounds of the king that we find life and healing. This, This king is not like other kings. In order to make us blessed, Jesus takes on the fullness of our curse. And and this king and this kingdom and this blessedness are ours, not because of our goodness or ability or resources, but because God is loving and generous and powerful and kind and delights in giving us this kingdom and filling our empty hands in meeting us in our places of brokenness and need. That's why Jesus often uses children as an example of who gets in the kingdom. At one point he says, Truly I say to you, unless you become like a child, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Children naturally know what their needs are, and they naturally run to the one who can freely meet those needs. 
In our lives, we try so hard to be independent and self-sufficient adults, even in our faith. We try to become less dependent, needing less, trying to get our act together. And Jesus is saying, I want you to be like a needy child coming to me with nothing to offer and everything to gain, because that's the gospel. Which brings us to our final question, what does it mean for us? And I'll make this more personal. What does it mean for me? There are three ways these words of Jesus have hit me this week, and I'll be brief. First, it's okay for me to be in a place of great need. Like so many of you, this has been a very difficult season. Uh, I feel worn down and like I just don't have it together. Uh, I've felt in a place of great need, and I feel guilty about it, like I should have it together, like I should be better in so many different ways, and I don't want to have these needs, and I don't want to be in these places of desperation. And these words from Jesus remind me that in all I'm feeling, he moves towards me and not away from me. That as I come to him, he's not expecting hands that are full of good things to offer, but he wants me to come to him with need, with desperation, with with faith like a child that says, I I need you, um, that I'm poor and I have nowhere else to go. Because the gospel is not, I get my act together and then God loves me and accepts me. But the gospel is God loves me and all my messiness and brokenness and sin and is committed to me for the long haul, not out of duty, but out of delight. And I'm realizing how difficult it is for that to get into these crevices of my soul and that it's okay for me to be in a place of great need. It's actually good for me to be in places of great need. And second, the the blessings, what I'm seeing in, in my own life is that the blessing Jesus offers is better than whatever else I'm chasing after. So personally, I, I want a comfortable, stress-free life, which is not this season. And it's not my life, and it's not my job, and it's not my place, and it's really not what humanity experiences. It's easy for me to daydream about a lot of if-onlys. If only I had this, or if only I didn't have to deal with this, or if only I were more like this or like this person. And in these words of Jesus, I'm slowly seeing that the blessedness that I long for is not found in changes of circumstances, but it's found in Jesus. That, that my poverty, uh, our poverty, is meant to drive us to Jesus and the wealth that he freely offers, and that what he offers is, is better than whatever else I'm chasing after. Finally, uh, I'm seeing that the needs of others are tremendous, and I want to be able to see and care and move towards others in their great need, even, even if I don't have the resources It's easy to move towards people who don't need anything from us, but the call of God is to help move towards those who are in great need. And so my prayer has been this, help me to see, help me to see needs in my family, help me see needs in my church, help me to see needs in my neighbors, help me to see the real needs in the black community, help me to be salt and light, not moving away, but moving towards and not offering myself and my resources, but pointing to Jesus and the good news of his kingdom and him as the true king who has come for us. Because this, and I'll close with this, because this is the good news. Blessed are the poor 
in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I love you all. I'm so grateful for you all, praying for you and thankful for the opportunity to be in this together. Blessings.